Now, if you would have come to me at the beginning of Super Wildcard Weekend and told me, Justin, you are going to have the same record straight up as you have against the spread, would I have taken it? Probably not. But if you would have come to me and said, Justin, you're going to have the same record against the spread as you have straight up, would you take it? I probably would have taken it. Yeah. On to the divisional round. That may have sounded like I said the same thing twice, and if it did to you, you gotta go back and listen to it again. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and this fancy new pop filter that I've got for my brand new microphone. We're stepping our game up at the Bridgewater's Finest Studios, and welcome to the division round episode of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2020 and 2021 NFL season and postseason. And like I said, straight up and against the spread, had the same record on Super Wildcard Weekend. I was 4-2 and two straight up and 4-2 and two against the spread. So a fairly strong Super Wildcard Weekend. I'm happy enough with that. I did only go two for six on the totals, but as you know, if you've been following me for a long time, my totals are a bit of how you say a crapshoot. So I did correctly have the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Bucks winning on wildcard weekend, super wildcard weekend, sorry, showing due respect. I did have Seattle beating the Rams, that did not happen, and I did have Pittsburgh beating Cleveland, and what an embarrassing performance for the Steelers. I did get the Colts plus seven, I got the Ravens minus three and a half, did get the Saints minus ten, and the Rams plus the four and a half. I certainly didn't have them winning the game outright, but I did have them covering the four and a half. And look, on the other numbers, like look, Pittsburgh was my only just straight up whiff. I had the Bucks, the favorites, winning that game covering eight and a half points. They won the game by eight. So I got half pointed on that. I was a half point away from being five and one against the spread. Solid super wildcard weekend. I'm certainly hoping that trend continues. We're going to take a second now. We're going to check in on the Bridgewater's finest pick'em pool. And I have to offer a mea culpa because for the first time, I think ever, I don't think I've ever had this issue happen to me before. I actually forgot to put my picks in, in my own pick'em pool. It's like a cardinal sin. I can't believe I actually did it. So I didn't actually put my picks in for this past week, which is really awful. Like, look, I wouldn't have won anyway. And honestly, I'm pretty much out of the running in terms of actually being able to win this pool. I would still be in contention if I would have been smart and put my picks in last week, but I think I'm pretty much pretty much out of the out of the race there one way or the other shout out to super wildcard weekend winner dan the sports fan who went five and one with his six picks last week bringing in 56 out of 66 possible confidence points so he only missed a 10 pointer which i believe for him was the steelers we also have a new overall leader in the pool. It's Merriman Will Rain with 1,539 confidence points on the season. That is a five-point edge over second place. 
And look, this pool is still relatively close if you're towards the top. Only 80 points remain to be had across all of the games remaining in the playoffs. All but the top 17 are mathematically eliminated. So if you're in that top 17, I currently am not. I think I'm somewhere in like... 20th or 21st or something like that if you're in the top 17 you're still mathematically alive at the top like i said merriman will reign only has a five point edge on second place so you are right there you could still catch up if you're close but again shout out dan the sports fan for winning super wildcard weekend I want to take the opportunity, since fantasy football is done for the year, to once again thank my newest affiliates, the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, you hit my affiliate link, which is in the description below to this YouTube video. Hit my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. As far as I'm concerned, the number one resource online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football, which I've really dove into much more this year and in, you know, like last year and the year before, really starting to get much, much heavier into dynasty and long-term football. It's your number one resource for rankings, trade evaluations, podcasts, anything you could possibly desire, no matter how your leagues happen to be configured. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has you covered with the absolute best resources and plans beginning as little as $3. Toss some coffee money towards the Dynasty Trade Calculator and get access to everything that they have to offer to give you the edge in your long-term fantasy football leagues. I will take the opportunity now, as I always do, to let you know that in the description to this YouTube video and the description to the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the divisional round games. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool if you would like to. Remember, if you win a week, you get shouted out on the show just like Dan the Sports Fan just did. You can find information on the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, as well as information on my great friends and long-term sponsors at NerdTees. Folks, nerdtees.ca is the place that you need to go for dozens and dozens of delicious hot and cold tea blends. Today's blend is Strawberry Power Up, which is one of my longtime favorites. I've loved this blend for a couple of years now. What you're going to want to do, you're going to want to go to nerdtees.ca. You're going to want to hit my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $100. And you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar if you are one of my many listeners south of the 49th parallel. Like I mentioned, Strawberry Power Up is today's blend. There are literally dozens of delicious, incredible blends on nerdtees.ca, and my code will save you some money too. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. We're still well ahead, plenty of time yet for Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. You can do all of that at nerdtees.ca. As you may have guessed if you're a follower of my YouTube channel, I've been doing a lot of talking over the last few days. The Justin and Tyler Movie Awards for 2020 are well underway. I hope you've been watching and enjoying those. But 
It is now time to take a look at these division round games, four games on tap this weekend. We started with the AFC last week. Let's start things off in the NFC this time around. We have a one versus six matchup of the LA Rams traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Bucks traveling to New Orleans, a battle of the NFC South. But no surprise here, we're going to start in Green Bay. The LA Rams now 11-6 on the season, the number two team out of the NFC West, taking on the Green Bay Packers, who had the bye, obviously, as the NFC's number one seed, 13-3 from the regular season, champions of the NFC North. As it sits right now, Packers enter this game favorites of 6.5 points at home, with a game total of 45.5. Offensively from the regular season, you got to give the full edge here to the Green Bay Packers. The number five total offense in football, Rams no slouches, finishing just outside the top 10 at number 11. Packers have the edge in terms of throwing the football. Packers the number nine pass offense, total pass offense, I should say. The Rams number 13. And running the ball, a little bit closer, Packers number eight, Rams number 10. This game will feature a really interesting running back matchup as far as I'm concerned. Two guys that are pretty underrated and really haven't been looked at this season the way that I still feel they should be even after one of them had this incredible breakout year last year. We're talking about Aaron Jones versus Cam Akers. But as much as the Packers do have the edge on the offensive side of the football, the defensive side of the football screams the LA Rams. The number one total defense, the number one pass defense, and the number three run defense in football. Anything the Rams are going to do in these playoffs, anything they've already done and anything they're going to continue doing, it's going to be based on the defensive side of the ball. Now the Packers, no slouches across the board here. The Packers were the number nine total defense, the number seven pass defense, and the number 13 run defense, even though their run defense feels much maligned, basically starting with the NFC Championship game last year. But look, Packers were no slouches numerically. The Rams just had a dominant defense all year long. Packers at home this season, 7-1 and one straight up, outscoring opponents by an average score of a 12-point margin, 32-20 to 20 in their eight home games. Pretty big home field advantage for the Packers at Lambeau Field. They were 5-3 and three against the spread at home this year, even money on the totals at 4-4. Four and four. Packers 10-2 and two against NFC opponents. The Rams now including their win last week against Seattle, Five and four on the road this year. Average score in those games, just a two-point margin of victory for them, 26 to 24. Just with their heads above water, both against the spread and on the totals at five and four, respectively. The Rams moved to 10 and three on the season against NFC opponents with that win last week. Packers spent most of this season as favorites. They were favorited in Vegas 13 of their 16 games this year, 11-2 and two straight up in those games as betting favorites. They covered the spread eight times in 13 games, but a little underwater on the totals, only six overs in those 13 games. The Rams, meanwhile, including last week, have been underdogs five times this year, both uh, straight up and over under, they are three and two, having hit four of five overs in the games where they're underdogs. Something to keep an eye on. 
Since the beginning of the calendar year 2017, these two teams have only played each other one time. That game was in 2018 in the Rams' home building, a 29-27 victory for the hometown Rams. Packers pretty well have a clean slate of injuries. Couple things to watch out for on the Rams sideline. Obviously the big one is Aaron Donald. He injured his ribs in the game last week. X-rays came back negative. Everything is saying that he's likely to play, but you know, you might not see 100% Aaron Donald. You might see 90% or 85% Aaron Donald. That's still pretty well better than 95% of the other pass rushers in the league. And it's definitely something to watch out for, but Aaron Donald, might be a little bit limited. You never know how a rib injury is going to operate. And on the offensive line too, David Edwards, one of their guards, he's dealing with tendonitis in his Achilles. His status is uncertain. I would assume he's going to play. He's had a pretty good season for them on the offensive line, but if he's limited as well, you might see the Packers pass rush and run defense operate a little higher than normal. The biggest statistical mismatch here that I can pull up, and I think it will be the single biggest determining factor in who wins this football game, it's when Green Bay's got the football and when Aaron Rodgers is throwing that ball. The number nine pass offense in the league, but going up against the league's top pass defense. It's going to be in Lambeau. It's going to be cold. Aaron Rodgers has an excellent record i think 10 and 1 or something when the game is played under 30 degrees or 35 degrees or something like that it'll be interesting to see how these rams dbs and how this pass defense adjusts to what the weather conditions are going to be but if anybody in the league is going to be able to do it it's going to be the league's top secondary I can totally understand how the Rams went into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. And honestly, this is a lesson for anybody that wants to do this or already does this. I capped this game last week between the Rams and the Seahawks. I capped that game for the Rams to win it originally. And I talked myself out of it. I held on to them against the spread, but I talked myself out of saying, well, like the Rams without Jared Goff are not going to go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. And it turned out that that was true, but that was only because Goff came into the game later because John Wolford uh, got injured, either a concussion or a stinger or something like that. He gets injured, Goff comes back in, they wind up winning the game. So it looks like Goff is ready to roll. He might not be 100%, but he can certainly do everything that he needed to do. So that's a lesson. I had the Rams capped winning that game and talked myself out of it. So look, I don't see how the Rams go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. That's no disrespect to the Rams. They've been an incredible team this year. Little hot and cold sometimes, but for the most part, when they're good, they're great and they're world beaters. But I don't see how they go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. I could full well see how the Rams went into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. Division opponent, anything can happen. I just don't see them going into Lambeau and winning. So I like the Packers to beat the Rams. Against the spread, like we said, Packers are six and a half point favorites at home. I kind of went back and forth on this. Originally, I felt like six and a half points was too many considering the Rams and the great, obviously that incredible defense that they have. But Jared Goff does not have a lot of experience in weather this cold and the experience that he does have has been poor. I'm pretty sure his passer rating was somewhere in the 30s. Completion percentage under 50%, no touchdown 
touchdown passes, five interceptions, something crazy like that. Very poor performances in cold weather. Meanwhile, I think Aaron Rodgers was like 10-1 and when games go below 30 degrees. So I'm going to take the Packers to cover this number. I still think the game stays close, and there's very much a reality that exists here where the Rams pick up like a backdoor cover, but I'm going to take the Packers to lay the six and a half points. It's under a touchdown. The Packers are five and two against the spread this season as a favorite of minus 6.5 or less. So let's go with that. Lay the points. Packers minus 6.5. Total in the game set at 45 and a half. It's the lowest total of the week. Situationally speaking, which is Packers at home, Rams on the road. The two teams combined to hit two of three overs this season on totals of 45 and a half or below, which is what this total is exactly, 45 and a half. I, I got to go over on it because why in the world would I want to sit here and sweat and under on a 45 and a half? So we're going to go Packers over the Rams. We're going to go Packers laying the minus six and a half in a game that goes over 45 and a half points. Packers 28, Rams 21. The other NFC matchup is a two versus five matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers 12 and five now on the season. The second seed out of the NFC South going to New Orleans, obviously facing a very familiar foe. The New Orleans Saints now 13 and four on the season champions of the NFC South, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And you got to love this generational divide among quarterbacks. You look at who's still alive in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You look at the four quarterbacks in the AFC, Baker Mayfield is the oldest one, and I don't think he's 26 years old yet. Saints enter this game a three-point favorite at home, which is also another way of Vegas saying this is pretty well a dead-even matchup. A total of 52 for this game. Offensively, the Bucks hold the edge overall and in terms of throwing the football. Again, you got to understand the Saints spent a lot of this season without Drew Brees, kind of like last year. But the Bucks, the number seven total offense in football, number two throwing the ball. The Saints, number 12 overall, just number 19 in terms of their pass defense. Of course, Michael Thomas basically missed the entire season as well. However, it is night and day in terms of running the ball. The Saints, the number six run offense in football this past season. The Bucks, just number 28. No commitment whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned, by the Bucks of running the ball. But when they did, they showed that Ronald Jones is capable of being a really good back in this league. Defensively speaking, these are two very elite defenses with the exception of the Bucks secondary, which makes the pass game really, really interesting here on both sides of the ball. Look, the Saints, the number four total defense in football, the Bucks, the number six total defense in football, two very, very high end defenses. But whereas the Saints get it done no matter the situation, the number five pass defense and the number four run defense the Bucks are basically entirely focused on stopping you from running the football. The number one run defense in football this past season, just number 21 against the pass. So Drew Brees has an opportunity here, not necessarily playing a secondary as good as he played last week. Because, I mean, last week, look, the Bears' secondary, I got to believe, I'm going to go back here, and yeah, the Bears' secondary, number 12, and then this week he's taking on number 21. So there's 
should be more opportunities for Drew Brees through the air in this game. And that's going to be really interesting. Can the Bucs stop Drew Brees throwing the football? And can the Saints run on the Bucs defense? Saints at home, Bucks on the road, identical 7-2 and two records so far this season. Now the Saints outscoring opponents by 8 points in their home games, 31-23. to 23. The Bucks outscoring their road opponents, 33-21. to 21. The Bucks actually kind of, statistically speaking and results speaking, kind of have a numbers edge there. Both of these teams are 6-3 and three to the over situationally. Saints at home, Bucks on the road. Saints have covered five of nine times against the spread in their own building. Bucks only covering four of nine times against the spread on the road. Both teams obviously picking up wins last week. Saints moving to 11-2 and two against NFC opponents this year. Bucks move to 9-4. and four. Of course, where this is a division matchup, it is prudent to take a look at how these two teams did inside the division. The Saints ran the table. Six games, six wins against NFC South opponents. The Bucks 4-2, which means they beat everybody but the Saints. New Orleans were favorites in all but two games this past season, so far anyway. Now 12-3 and three straight up in games where they are the favorites. They've covered against the spread 9 of 15 times and have hit 9 overs in 15 games. The Bucks have only been underdogs three times this year themselves. However, they did lose two of those three games. They are 2-1 and one against the spread. They've only hit one over. Obviously, since this is division opponents, they play each other a bunch. Since the beginning of the calendar year 2017, there have been eight head-to-head matchups between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Obviously, we're talking about, other than this season's results, a very different Tampa Bay Buccaneers team than what you've seen this year. The Saints hold the edge in those matchups, however, 6-2. to two. The home team is 4-4 four and four in those matchups, but the Saints have three of those four wins, in New Orleans. The average score in these games 32 to 21 in favor of New Orleans. A couple of noteworthy injuries to keep an eye on. They both come in the running back position for each team. For the Tampa Bay Bucks, it's their starter. I just mentioned him, Ronald Jones. He's questionable in this game with a contusion on his quad. He did not play last week. It flared up in the pregame. He was not able to go. His status would be uncertain for this game in the division round. For the Saints, it's Latavius Murray. So it's not Alvin Kamara, but it is Latavius Murray. And he's had a really good year this year. I mean, he's gotten a couple of starts while Kamara's been banged up over the course of the season. And Latavius Murray consistently delivers. He's questionable with a thigh injury. He left last week's game late. His status is uncertain. Biggest mismatch here to me is the aforementioned Bucks run game, only number 28 in the NFL and now potentially without Ronald Jones going up against the top five run defense. But once again, if you're not committed to running the ball, we kind of saw it in the Indianapolis Buffalo game. Buffalo has virtually no commitment to running the football. And so look, the Colts defense, yes, they're an excellent run defense, but when you're playing a team that's not really committed to running the ball, like what are you defending really? And that could be the case here as well. The Bucs are going to throw the ball all day long, the number two pass offense. So that Saints top five run defense, who knows what kind of action they may actually be pressed into in this game. 
both of these teams exceptionally good at controlling the football. They don't give away a ton of turnovers. They generate on the defensive side of the ball. You may see a turnover each in this game, but I would be surprised if you wound up seeing more than that. I just think where the game's in New Orleans... If this game was in Tampa Bay, I might take the Bucks here. I think it would be closer to a pick'em. Tampa might be favored by like a half point. Maybe New Orleans might even be a small favorite. I'd probably take the Bucks here if the game was in Tampa Bay. It's in New Orleans. They lost to the Saints twice this year. I'm just feeling New Orleans in this game. We're going to go ahead and take the Saints at home to beat Tampa Bay. On the line, as I mentioned, Saints favored by just a field goal, three points. The Saints are 6-3 and three against the spread this season as a favorite of a touchdown or less, including 3-1 and one against the spread at home. We're going to go ahead and lay the three points. It's a small price to pay. I like them to win. Let's lay the three points on New Orleans. Total in the game set at 52. Now, the two teams are only combined 5-7 and seven this year in games where the total was 50 points or more. So that's under 500. I'm going to lean on the under here. It's two very good defenses and two quarterbacks that have shown good things, obviously. But maybe you could even say still aren't quite the quarterbacks maybe that they used to be. I know it's tough to say that when you're sitting there with Tampa, the number two pass offense in the league. But I mean, my God, look at all those weapons. We're going to go ahead and stick under 52 points in New Orleans, Tampa. So I like the Saints to win the game straight up. I'm going to lay the three points on New Orleans. I'm going to have the game stay under 52 points. Let's go Saints 27, Bucks 21. Let's go up to the AFC now, where like the NFC, we have 1v6 and 2v5 matchups. 1v6, the Cleveland Browns picking up their first playoff win in a quarter century almost. Now going to Kansas City and going, congratulations. Now you have to play Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Cleveland, Kansas City. And the two versus five matchup, the Baltimore Ravens picking up that win last week that some people didn't expect them to get against Tennessee. They get to go now to Buffalo, take on a Bills team that just beat the Colts. Let's start at the top now with that 1v6 matchup. The Cleveland Browns now 12-5 on the season, the number three seed in the NFC North, who ousted the NFC North champion Pittsburgh Steelers in pretty convincing fashion last week, traveling to Kansas City to take on the 14-2 AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. They only have two losses because they rested pretty well everybody in Week 17. The Chiefs enter this game favorites of double digits, 10-point favorites at home against Cleveland with a total of 56 for the game, which is the highest total of the week. The Chiefs, the number one total offense and number one pass offense in football this year. The Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the only team to average over 300 yards passing per game this season. Chiefs were not world beaters, though, when it came to running the football. Only the number 16 run offense in the league, and this is a run offense that will likely be without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and probably be with a limited Le'Veon Bell, who's been sticking around on the injury report here and there. The Browns, just the number 16 total offense in football, and their passing offense certainly not helping them out any. Still only number 24 in the regular season. However, it was that run game, and it was on 
full display against the Steelers last week. Both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I believe, found the end zone last week. The number three run offense in football resides in Cleveland. Neither one of these teams spectacular on the defensive side of the ball. I will highlight the fact that the Chiefs, the number 14 secondary in football in terms of defending the pass. The Browns just number 22, so very tall task for them this week. They just gave up 500 yards passing to Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, they were playing from behind the whole game, but still. The Browns, however, sit with the number 9 run defense in football, which again, Kind of a question mark to be will remain to be seen how much the Chiefs are actually going to run the ball in this game if they're down their top two running backs. But look, the Chiefs number 16 total defense, Browns number 17. So these teams are incredibly similar statistically speaking in terms of their total defense. Chiefs were 6-2 at home this season, outscoring opponents by just 6 points on average, 28-22. They only covered against the spread 3 times in 8 home games this season, going 50-50 on the totals, hitting 4 of 8 overs. They were, however, 10-2 against the AFC. Browns, no slouches away from home, 6-3 on the season, still being outscored, however, on average. So when they win, they win big. When they lose, oh boy, do they ever get blown out. They're still being outscored on the road, on average, by a field goal, 31-28, and that is taking into account the game last week where they beat Pittsburgh. They've covered against the spread four times in nine road games, hitting five of nine overs. They did move to eight and five against AFC opponents with the win against Pittsburgh. As favorites this season, the Chiefs 13 and one straight up, only hitting six times against the spread, however, hitting seven of 14 overs. The Browns as underdogs, they were underdogs six times this season, including last week, even money straight up at three and three, even money against the spread at three and three, hitting four of six overs. These two teams have only played each other once in recent memory. That was a win 37 to 21 for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018. That game was in Cleveland, obviously two very different teams at this point. You know, even despite the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire news and even despite the question marks surrounding Le'Veon Bell, I still think the biggest injury concerns are on Cleveland's sideline. And look, it starts on the offensive line. Joel Petonio, who we mentioned last week, is still on the COVID list as of right now. It's uncertain whether he will clear in enough time to play. Jack Conklin, one of the big additions from the offseason at one of the tackle positions. He injured his hamstring late in that game last week. His status this week is uncertain. And Denzel Ward, same deal as Joel Batonio, still on the COVID list as of right now. No certainty around when he might clear. Those are big pieces that are missing from the Cleveland Browns that could loom large in this football game. Obviously, there are two massive mismatches in this game. It's the Chiefs pass offense, number one in the league this year, against that middling secondary for Cleveland, especially if they're down one of their best defensive backs in Denzel Ward. Again, Cleveland only number 22 against the pass. And it's that number three run offense for the Browns against the number 21 run defense in Kansas City. Two massive mismatches. It's just going to remain to be seen which one gets exploited the most. 
I mean, is it possible you see a San Francisco 49ers game plan for the Browns this week against the Chiefs? I, it's entirely possible as far as I'm concerned. You know, as 10-point dogs, I'm just going to say it flat out, I don't have the balls to take the Browns to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional Round. I just don't, I just don't have it in me. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think the AFC Championship game is probably the floor for this Chiefs team now and certainly into the future. It was awesome to see Cleveland win. As much as I kind of thought like, oh, you know, I'll get the pick wrong. Got to eat some crow. Like, look, I've said some stuff about the Browns this year. But honestly, seeing them win was kind of cool, and I felt really good for Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Just so happens he plays for Cleveland. But I've followed Jarvis's career since the early days of his career. I really liked him when he was in Miami. He was a fantasy football secret weapon. Now he comes to Cleveland. He's helping to turn around the culture of that team. So I've said some things about Cleveland, but look, it was kind of cool to see them win. I don't think it continues. I'm going to take the Chiefs here in Kansas City. Let's take the Chiefs to beat the Browns. On the line, however, I will take that Cleveland plus 10. You know what? It's double digits. It just doesn't feel like a double digit game to me. I feel like the Chiefs have enough weaknesses on the defensive side that Cleveland directly exploits with the way they play football. I think 10 points here is too many, so I will hedge my bets, take the Browns plus 10. It also helps that the Chiefs are only 4-7 and seven against the spread as a favorite of minus 7 or more this year. Total in the game is 56. The two teams combined to be under 500 on totals of 55 or more this year. They combined are two and three. I think I got to stick under on this total. I think like, boy, this is a close one because this one also has the potential that it could fly over this total. I'm going to stick under on it just because it's, it's a 50. Yeah, but it's a mid 50. They're under 500 in that situation, so let's stick under 56 points in Kansas City and Cleveland. So I like the Chiefs straight up, but I am going to hedge my bets and take the Browns plus the 10 points in a game that stays under 56. Let's go Chiefs 31, Browns 24. And the last game we're going to look at here, the final game on the AFC slate, it's the Buffalo Bills playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore now on their third straight road game dating back to the regular season. They've moved to 12-5 and on the year with the win last week against Tennessee. The number two seed out of the AFC North taking on the Buffalo Bills, now 14-3 and on the year, champions of the AFC East. Buffalo comes into this game as two-point favorites at home, which means Vegas considers this a very even matchup with a 50-point total on the game. And very similarly to how we looked at Kansas City and Cleveland, Buffalo, the number two total offense in football this year, propelled almost entirely by the pass game. Buffalo, the number three pass offense in the league. And look, Baltimore middling in both cases, number 19 total offense in the NFL, and in fact, the worst pass offense in the NFL from the regular season, number 32 out of 32. However, when it comes to running the football, the Buffalo Bills not necessarily committed to running the football, certainly not anywhere near as much as the Baltimore Ravens with the number one run offense in the NFL. 
Defensively speaking, across the board, it's an edge for the Baltimore Ravens. Number seven total defense versus number 14 for Buffalo. Number six against the pass are the Ravens versus number 13 for Buffalo. And number eight against the run for Baltimore versus just number 17 for the Buffalo Bills. So, and the just barely in the bottom half of the league in terms of defending the run, that could be a bad time against what we saw last week out of J.K. Dobbins. Bills moved to 8-1 and one at home this year with that win last week, outscoring opponents by a full touchdown, 31-24. to 24. Both of these teams are 6-3 and three against the spread in the respective situations. Bills at home, Ravens on the road. Bills did hit 6 of 9 overs so far at home this year and moved to 11-2 and two against AFC opponents with the win last week. Ravens, seven wins in nine road games this season. So yes, it's their third straight road game, but man, they've been road warriors all year long. Seven and two straight up, outscoring opponents by an average of nine points per game, 28 to 19. As I mentioned, they're six and three against the spread at home this year, have only hit three of nine overs, however. The Bills have now been favorites 12 times this season, and they are 11 and one in those games massive massive record only seven and five against the spread and they've hit seven of those 12 overs the ravens interestingly enough they've only been underdogs twice this year and when you consider how much the ravens kind of struggled in that mid part of the season especially on the offensive side of the ball it's kind of a surprise they were only underdogs twice this year they did win one of those two games. They were 2-0 and against the spread. So both times they covered against the spread and twice those games stayed under the point total. Dating back to the start of the calendar year 2017, we've seen two head-to-head matchups between Baltimore and Buffalo. Both of those matchups were won by the Ravens. So obviously the home team there, one and one. One of the games in Baltimore, one of the games in Buffalo. The average score of those games, the Ravens blowing the Bills out of the water, 36-10. to 10. Ravens injury report, basically clean as a whistle at this point. On Buffalo's side, however, one of their running backs, Zach Moss, who I believe they just drafted in the third round or something in this past draft, he has now gone to injured reserve with an ankle injury that he sustained, I believe, in the game last week, so he is done for the year. Rankings-wise, the biggest mismatch here is whether or not Lamar Jackson can move the ball through the air. The number 32 pass offense, obviously, which we just mentioned, going up against a Bills secondary that was top half of the league from this past year. And you take a look, like Baltimore played Tennessee last week. The Titans do not have that kind of pass defense. Lamar was able to do what he was able to do and was able to integrate his legs more because he had a little more freedom in throwing the football the titans were the number 29 secondary in the league this is a big step up in terms of secondary competition for lamar jackson be interesting to see what he does with it so i kind of got spanked last week because i took nothing but the favorites in a year where underdogs really came to play and there were so many 
straight up upsets and of course against the spread the dog paid out in big bad ways throughout the entirety of the regular season the favorite was only 44 and a half percent hitting in vegas so man the underdogs it was the year of the underdog for sure this is my only underdog straight up play so far of these playoffs I like the Ravens in the upset here. I think Baltimore goes into Buffalo. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. It's an incredible quarterback matchup. I think Lamar Jackson gets the better of it. I expect a good game from both quarterbacks. I think Baltimore wins this thing. I'm going to take the Ravens on the road in Buffalo. Baltimore beats the Bills. So obviously, since Buffalo is only a two-point favorite at home, I like Baltimore to win outright. Give me the two points against the spread. As an underdog this year, the Ravens have the number five margin of victory and the number three against the spread margin of victory as an underdog in the NFL this year. So in those few games where the Ravens were underdogs, what do we say? There was only two of them. Their margin of victory in those games is plus 4.5, which means in the games where they were an underdog, they won the game by an average of four and a half points. And against the spread, the ATS margin of victory is plus 10.2. So not only did they win those games, they won them relatively convincingly, especially compared to the spread. Uh, total in the game set at 50. The two teams are combined 5, 4, and 1 to the over on totals of 50 or more this year. So where this is right on 50, I just kind of don't want to sweat an under on such a relatively low number. So I think I got to go over on it. I don't think it flies over. It might just crawl, but... I kind of like the overplay here, despite what I mentioned before about when the Ravens are underdogs, it's the defense that seems to come up the biggest. I think there's a lot of offensive potency, obviously, on the Buffalo Bills sideline. So let's go over on the number, over 50 points. I like the Ravens straight up, and we're going to take the Ravens plus the two points as underdogs in a game that goes over 50 points. Let's go Baltimore 30, Bills 21. There you have it, folks. Those are my picks for the division round games. We'll go over them here with you one more time. On the NFC side of things, I've got the Green Bay Packers defeating the LA Rams in Green Bay 28 to 21. I like the Packers to cover minus six and a half points in a game that goes over 45 and a half. I also have the New Orleans Saints beating the Tampa Bay Bucks 27 to 21. So I like the Saints to cover minus three and the game stays under the 52 point total. On the AFC side of things, got the Kansas City Chiefs at home beating the Cleveland Browns 31 to 24. I do have the Browns covering plus 10 against the spread in a game that stays under the 56 point total. And in Buffalo, I've got the only upset of the weekend, the Baltimore Ravens beating the Buffalo Bills 30 to 21. So I like Baltimore plus the two points in a game that goes over 50. Those are the picks. What are your picks for the division round games? How did you do on Super Wild Card Weekend? How are you liking the playoffs so far? Are you watching the movie awards? How do you like the movie awards so far? Let me know all of that stuff in the comments section below. But before we go, of course, the patented comment of the week. 
The comment of the week from the Super Wildcard Weekend episode goes to my longtime and good friend, Martin, West Coast Martin, comment of the week saying, always enjoy seeing your Packers football figurine. I love this bloody tiki lamp that I have in this image on the YouTube video here. I absolutely love this tiki. A friend of mine got it for me for Christmas last year. It's one of the favorite things I've ever gotten for Christmas. And I, I and look, it's going to look a little different this week because the Packers are playing, which means it's lit up and it's ready to go. But I love that tiki as well, Martin. I love your comments. I love you, my guy. Yours is the comment of the week from the Super Wildcard Weekend episode. That is going to do it for the Division Round episode. Thank you so much for listening and continuing to watch. I hope you're watching and enjoying the movie awards. Those videos will continue for the rest of the week, culminating with the top 30 best movies of 2020. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much. Enjoy the games in the division round, and we will see you again next week for the AFC and NFC championship games. Who do you think is going to be there? Yeah.